Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Win City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Drake Moore, and welcome back to the Win City Sports Podcast. Windsor's only local sports podcast presented by Amherstburg Chevrolet Buick GMC. Win City Sports coming to you every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are found with a brand new interview with a local athlete, coach, entrepreneur, or more. Check us out on social media at WinCity underscore sports. Uh, very easy to find now after over five years doing the podcast. W-I-N-C-I-T-Y is all one word. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe on our Win City Sports YouTube channel and a like on and follow on whatever else you might use. This is the 231st episode of the Win City Sports podcast, and it is November 1st, 2021. Spooky season is over, and we'll be rolling into Christmas pretty soon. But first and foremost, of course, November is this month, and uh, I'm sure I will be supporting again uh, as I normally do. We'll see if we get a little GoFundMe or you know fundraising thing going. Um, usually, just share some some other links and stuff like that. But um, yeah, November November time, uh, we'll be sharing some some photos probably today, tomorrow. Uh, some of Windsor's best. Uh, mustaches, including, you know, people like Corey Belmore, a former guest of the show, a local uh, track and field runner who recently shattered his own world record in the beer mile. Uh, talked to him a couple years ago about it when he actually first uh, claimed this title or whatever. You know, I uh, wasn't sure if he broke his own record or, um, you know, someone else took it and then he took it back. But Basically, you know, you're you're running a mile as fast as possible and uh, trying to chug. I, I don't know if it's the certain amount of beers or, uh, you know, as many beers possible or, or the fastest to chug. I think it's four beers, at least what uh, Corey was able to accomplish. So uh, world world beer mile record. Um, um, so you basically go a beer, a quarter mile, run a quarter mile, another beer, uh, another quarter mile, another beer, another quarter mile, another beer, another quarter mile. Uh, so he actually broke it uh, last week in Manchester, England, um, with a time of four minutes and 28 seconds. So that's one mile and four beers in four minutes and 28 seconds. I can barely even drink one beer. I can barely chug one beer. <laughs> so some cool stuff. Again, we talked to we talked to Corey before on the show uh, in a dual interview with um kurt michael downs as well the coach of border city athletic club led a lot of those athletes to the olympics and in previous years yet alone this past olympics as well so that's episode 144 of the win city sports podcast you can check that out in the archives uh it's a little bit of opening news we have for you this week on the win city sports podcast uh, talking about Corey Belmore shattering his own record. In a minute, we're going to talk about the Spitfires, get you caught up with them. And as well, uh, later on the show, we'll be talking about you know some Lancer sports, Fratman sports. Uh, I always record. This is coming to you again Monday morning. I record Sunday afternoon, and as I speak, uh, the Fratman are back in action, uh, dominating yet another game, uh, shutting out another team, and back on top, just like I had predicted. We'll talk about that later on the show and kind of, you know, get to what i'm alluding about but um before we get into the spitfires of course this week's guest on win city sports uh guest i've been trying to get for a bit um connected with him 
over a year ago just been trying to you know set stuff up and um you know it kind of it finally worked out that we were able to meet and and do this and it worked out a good time so i want to i want to thank my guests for for kind of saving me or else we might not have had an interview for uh, for this week but that being said this upcoming week i got a bunch planned so we'll be good going forward but um again this guy is a legend in uh in local sports lacrosse legend of course and and uh you know depending on what area you're from a hockey uh hockey legend as well uh comes from a a very prestigious family the whole family played lacrosse and we're we're great at it won championships uh coached athletes to to pro and, and beyond including his dad, of course, who led the whole family. And, they, uh, of course, they talk. Uh, our guest talks a little bit about growing up in the, the neighborhood and being that kind of sports family, sports block. You know, there's always the kids playing basketball and uh, road hockey and stuff like that, as you hear a good story from our guest this week, lacrosse legend Ron Martinello, now the, the owner of Pizza King on Pilet. So we got a great interview coming up with Ron in a little bit. Uh, lots again, lots of stories about growing up in in Windsor, playing uh, high school hockey, junior lacrosse, and then you know his whole story of going over to the states, getting recruited to an NCAA Division One team, as well as his brothers doing the same thing, and then going on to play pro across the border in Detroit, win a championship with his family as well, and you know some other stuff he's been able to do. It's one thing we didn't talk about. We probably should have. We were talking before we recorded is uh ron's golf game you know that's that's his uh pretty much uh main sport now i, I can imagine what he is he's still coaching lacrosse i mean the the pandemic's kind of put a damper on things and we talk about that as well but should have done some more golf talk with him i'm sure he's a good good golfer based on some of the stories and stuff he was telling me just before we started interviewing at pizza king on palette uh one of the og pizza places uh as again you mentioned in the in the interview so I'm really excited to get this one out. But uh, before we get to that, let's talk a little bit of hockey news. Talk about our Spitfires. I was able to go to my first Spitfire game in in nearly two years last Thursday as they took on the Guelph Storm and beat them in convincing fashion for uh, one of their first times this year. It was a great game to go to. Um, they were up early, two nothing, two nothing early in the game. Um, ended up getting a little bit close towards the end of it. It was like 5-3, and I think they ended up with a 6-3 empty netter. Um, again, I'll look up the results, but, uh, you know, they were dominating, then it kind of got interesting. There was even a fight. You don't see too many fights in junior hockey, especially, you know, when you go to watch the games. It's uh, pretty rare that you might you might see that, and Captain Cooley dropped the mitts. Uh, pretty cool thing to see once in a while. It might, might sound stupid, but... Uh, I haven't been to a live game in in two years, and uh, you know you get you get a couple goals, you get a Spitz win, you get you get a beer and some and some popcorn, and you get a fight too. So, <laughs> but then the Spitz played again at home on Saturday night against Kitchener, uh, losing six to three in a final score. Uh, their next game is going to be uh, this Wednesday in Flint, and then back at home on Saturday. But currently with a record of. Three, four, and two, eight points sitting at seventh place in the Western Conference. Uh, Spitfires, a little bit of a bumpy start, as we had said before. And I, I wanted to come on here and say, you know, they kind of proved me wrong because I was saying that last week. And then I go to the game and, and they beat Guelph in pretty convincing fashion, six to three, and then uh, flip the script and lose six to three to, to Kitchener. But, but anyway, um, they're going to be playing Flint on the road this Wednesday and then back home next Saturday, another uh, Saturday night game taken on Erie. Um, so no Thursday night games for a little bit until the 18th of November, two Saturday night games coming up. Always check out Windsor spitfires.com 
uh, to check out their schedule. Still really early in the season, too, so it's hard to say, you know, exactly what's going to happen with the Spitfire team. Something we talked about even before the season started, it was completely unpredictable based on, you know, missing a whole year. Although they were predicted to be a, a very good team, uh, just a little bit of a rough start, maybe, you know, maybe some guys will still be returning. Uh, some new additions will come in. Trades are, tr- Some trades are happening, too. We might have missed some trades I didn't really talk about here, but... Um, again, always keeping you up to date on at WinCity underscore sports on Twitter. Uh, just retweeting a lot of stuff and, and keeping you up to date with all sorts of Windsor sports news. And we're going to catch you up with some more uh, Windsor sports news with the Fratman, Lancers, and more after our interview with Ron Martinello, local lacrosse legend and owner of Pizza King on Palette. But before we get to that, I just got to tell you about Amherstburg Chevrolet Buick GMC. Located on Sandwich Street South in Amherstburg, now offering the Fall Into Savings event at 0% financing for up to 84 months. The offer also includes the new 2020 Chevrolet Camaro. Be sure to check them out at AmherstburgGMC.com or give them a call at 519-736-6451 for all information on special offers and deals. Tell them the Wind City Sports Podcast sent you. Gonna have to see if they have any electric cars. I think that's where I'm going next. But anyway, uh, time to get um, into our interview this week with, again, local lacrosse legend Ron Martinello of the legendary Martinello family. Here we go. All right, so I'm here at Pizza King on Pilet with a man from the legendary lacrosse family of Windsor, Assumption College grad, NCAA and pro lacrosse player for the Detroit Turbos. Uh, spent some time with our AKO Fratman, of course, as well, and the old Windsor Warlocks, and of course now Pizza Man at Pizza King, Ron Martinello. Welcome. Thank you so much, man. Well, nice to see you. Great to be here. And uh, I'll tell you what, Drake, it's uh, been a great travel. <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. There's going to be a lot to talk about in your in your career, your life here in, in Windsor. I mean, born and raised in Windsor, right? Kind of from the West End? Or? Correct. Yeah, I uh, grew up on uh, Curry Avenue in the West End, spent uh, most of my time uh, hanging around 80 Knox uh, Arena, uh, getting on uh, the floor anytime we could, and... Um, course on the ice rink anytime we could yeah. also yeah i mean i figured being the assumption graduate from that area kind of kind of deal you know sometimes people move around sometimes just uh born and raised in the west end kind of thing right and that's kind of where your roots are from well they 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 always go back to it and they say you can take the kid out of the west end but you can't take the west end out of the kid <laughs> exactly so i'm back there now oh yeah so you just gotta venture out here for work kind of thing that's right yeah. Yeah. well again home is home and it's where the where the heart is but yeah. Like, speaking of which, what was it like growing up? I mean, athletic family, uh, probably a lot of fun and fights at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was fantastic. I had uh, an older brother and a younger brother, and uh, the, the Martinello household was where all the t- activity for the whole neighborhood took place. We had the basketball um, rim up. We had uh, the the alley where we could play road hockey and lacrosse. And uh, of course, with Dad being so athletic uh, that he was, um, we were talking about it the other day uh, when he um, we would be out in the alley shooting slap shots at the garage, and we busted the garage door up pretty good. So Dad, not being upset with us, went and bought some 
one inch plywood, put it up on the garage door so we could continue shooting. Yeah. <laughs> and not damage his <laughs> garage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I wanted to bring that up too, man. Like just growing up with, with you know, your dad is your dad. I mean, a legend in the sport and of course you played other sports, we'll we'll talk about that, but I mean had to have been a little intimidating too, like getting into the game, you know, just everyone knowing who your dad is and, and stuff like that, right? Well, you know, it, uh, la- lacrosse, of course, uh, I kind of started a little bit later. Yeah. Um, I started as a, uh, a 13-year-old, and that's because mom didn't really want us playing lacrosse. Yeah. But when uh, the, 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 the Clippers and the Warlocks all of a sudden um, starting to dominate uh, the, the athletic uh, press and everything like that, and of course, dad was the captain uh, mm-hmm of those teams back then and winning the Canadian championship we we just all kind of gravitated to it and uh, Windsor minor lacrosse was really in its beginning uh, uh, phases of it so it was a great time it really was and I I, I still have friendships that um, uh, go back to those days and I always say it even in my coaching time that somebody that you're going to meet through your sports as a younger person you're going to end up walking across the street to say hello to them you don't always do that you know maybe with your neighborhood kids that you meet and everything you might but you probably won't even recognize them but man i'll tell you what um as a matter of fact i was just at the wholesale store and a buddy of mine we got masks on Nobody can really yeah. see who, Can't tell but more, eh? but uh, there he was. He says, "Hey, Roddy, what's going on?" And we end up, you know, shooting a breeze for twenty minutes mm-hmm. anyway. So all, yeah, all great times. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to tell. Now it's like if you recognize me with a mask, it's like you you really know me. <laughs> it's tough. Like I went to the Spitfire game the other day, and I'm like looking at all these people. They don't recognize me. I have to like pull the mask down and and like, hey, yeah. it's me. But you think mom like didn't want you to play because she's seen like you know how how your dad was and like how rough it was and stuff like that? Well, I think it was definitely because uh, she was being protective. Mm. Um, But again, you know, realistically, when you get through it, um, what dad taught us about the sport was, uh, and specifically for myself, because both my brothers were over six foot and I got stalled at five, (laughs) seven. Um, But what he taught me more than anything was, don't take the hit get out of the way run move Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a big benefit for me as I went on um, not only just playing in uh, junior and senior indoor lacrosse but it it certainly helped me in the outdoor game also in college and, and, and the pros. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that you don't necessarily hear in, like, the game of hockey, right? You know, just, you know, stand up and take the hit kind of thing. And you were in both. Like, I mean, I'm sure you played a lot of sports. Was it mostly, like, hockey and lacrosse yeah. in your, like, kind of teen days? Yeah. yeah. That was it. Uh, yeah, we played um, uh, all through Windsor Minor hockey. And then uh, when we went to uh, – when I went to Assumption, I, I started uh, – high school hockey in grade 10 of course I didn't get to play much because uh, the likes of Mike Eves and Jack Rosassen and uh, Craig Chungan and all those uh, great assumption teams were playing at that time but you know I continued to work and um, uh, uh, got in favor with uh, Father Cullen somehow and he, yeah. he gave me some ice time yeah I understand those were some good days for assumption hockey back in the back in your time. yeah you know it was uh, we won a couple city championships uh, we won a Swasa championship and um, 
I believe we finished third and, and fourth in the Ontarios over that time. So it was it was great, uh, great experience and um, always a great challenge. Yeah, yeah. Talking about it all, it's like you're, you're looking back to like your teen days, right? You're like this is this is fun times yeah, for me. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're young, so it's kind of a lot going on in your head. Where you kind of like struggling between uh, the lacrosse and hockey worlds where they kind of mashing together? Because, I mean, they complement each other, but they're a little different, right? Well, um, the biggest thing came uh, in, in grade 13 because I had to make a decision about going to the All-Ontarios for Assumption to play hockey or to go with uh, Team Canada mm-hmm. uh, to play in a tournament uh, down in Florida. Um I, I ended up uh, going with the lacrosse uh, with Team Canada, and inevitably that got me my scholarship to Maryland. Yeah, like how did you kind of decide that? Where you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of flipped the flip coin, coin at it, you know. Um, I, I just kind of looked at that my, my future really wasn't going to be in hockey, um, and uh, okay. if if it was going to happen in lacrosse, um, I had to get into. Uh, a U.S. college somehow, and that seemed to be the way I uh, I looked at it, and it's what got me my ticket. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard decision to make at any point in your life, yet alone when you're, you know, what, 17, 18 yeah, years exactly. old. Yeah, exactly, that's how old I was. I, I felt bad, and I, I actually, you know, I remember it because I had to tell all my teammates mm-hmm. that uh, I decided to uh, go another way, and uh, they, of course, were... Uh, not happy, but uh, uh, appreciative of me at least speaking up and letting them know. Yeah, that. no, that's honorable part of the whole sportsmanship kind of thing too, right? I mean, your dad obviously a legend in the sport. He in lacrosse, it's probably influencing you on that side. But I, always, you know, you never give up that dream of like playing in the NHL when you're a kid. You know, that's the end all be all, right? So right. Well, and like again, that. dad was so involved in lacrosse. I mean, in hockey also. Yeah. He uh, refereed NCAA hockey for almost 30 years and the dream of going to play hockey um in in a university over there was certainly one (laughs) there was only one problem (laughs) i couldn't skate yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's what they look at the most unfortunately (laughs) exactly i had good hands could score goals but you know what it took me a little while to get there you could put that put the puck on the board on your uh on your garage anywhere you want but (laughs) Actually, it was pretty funny that that story because one of even when I was playing uh, later on senior old timer hockey and and uh, one of my friends said, you know, you really look like you know what you're doing out there. It just takes you a long time to do it. <laughs> to show up to that. Right? Goes, Man, I'm wait. I'm right here. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, always ready <laughs> at the doorstep. <laughs> Uh, same way, but hey, I wanted to talk about that. Like you know, you kind of mentioned the the, the All Canada tournament really got some, probably got the eyes on you from uh, American colleges to recruit you. Like, were there other schools uh, reaching out to you, or how did you end up? I had well, when when we were touring with Team Canada, um, of course, uh, they they all kind of got our names and our our information, and um, so I probably had. Uh, about 19 offers uh, wow. to go away um, and play. Um, Maryland uh, basically got beat by Cornell in 1975, I was, I believe it was. And um, the very next day, the coach of Maryland, Buddy Beardmore, called me. My brother Wayne had already committed to go to Hobart. 
which was a Division II school at the mm-hmm. time, or Division Three, I'm sorry. And um, uh, Coach Beardmore hit me right between the eyes with it. He said, well, Division Three is good lacrosse, Ron, but if you want to play with the men, you should come to Maryland. Maryland being Division One, their program is 120 years old now. And um, so once, uh, once we went and visited um, Maryland, it was, it was an easy sell. You know, we flew in from Detroit over the Potomac River, landed in Washington National, toured around Washington, D.C., then went to the campus. Um, it was summertime, but uh, summer school was going on, so, you know, lots of uh, people still around. Uh, some of the All-American, couple All-American guys took me out uh, to lunch and, and uh, again, toured around the athletic uh, department, and it was an easy sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they were willing that uh, both myself and my brother Wayne were, were going there. And uh, we had decided uh, between the two of us, we were best friends growing up, and we were brothers, and we decided we were going to university together. So it was part of the deal. And um, Coach Beardmore uh, said, "Okay, you you guys got the deal." And well, I'll, I'll still I'll tell you a quick story though, because my 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 dad, even when we were playing lacrosse with uh, the old uh, AKO team uh, back in juniors, and then we always had to wear a tie and dress pants and a dress shirt. So we end up at uh, the University of Maryland. My parents drove us there. And uh, the first meeting is the day that we arrive. So my dad makes us get into our suits and tie as we walked into the uh, the Maryland locker room. Uh, every uh, other guy in there has got cut off shorts and flip flops and, and t shirts on and, and here are the two Canadian boys yeah. standing out once and for all. <laughs> so a different culture. Right? Oh, that was a different culture. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I want to talk about, but even like uh you mentioned kind of traveling and stuff, we'll get to that too. But I mean so at this point when you recruited to Maryland, your your lacrosse experience in Windsor, aside from obviously the national tournaments, is just like junior. It's just AKO and, you know, kind of... Well, actually, I played for the senior uh, team and won the Canadian Championship with them when I was only 15. Okay. You got to play up for a little... Yeah. Then the following year, um, we went to the Man Cup out in British Columbia, and I was a 16-year-old, which I was the youngest uh, to play in the Man Cup at that time. So, you know, I guess... The uh, word was out anyway. Uh, seventeen, I, I think I won the, the the scoring title in seventeen, and and um, so they were interested. And in, and in it was uh, we we played in a term a field lacrosse tournament with Team Canada in Toronto, and I was uh, in grade twelve at the time, and um, we played uh, the U.S. team. Uh, the Australian team and one of the uh, main club teams, uh, Long Island uh, Lacrosse Club. And I, I played against a guy, Doug Rodabaugh, 
who was All-American face-off, great midfielder from Maryland. And he was like the top face-off guy in the NCAA at the mm-hmm. time. So I faced off against him a couple times and uh, ended up, uh, he beat me, you know, two out of three times, but I ended up uh, scoring four goals. And um, when he went back to Maryland, he was the one that told Coach Beardmore about me. And yeah. he said, you you got to see this kid because okay. he might be a skinny little kid. But, uh, he's, <laughs> short guy. <laughs> yeah, short and skinny, but he can, he can put it in the net. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really, you know, and as we saw the progress over the years um, uh, with uh, Canadian box across players becoming... Uh, fantastic uh, NCA uh, field across. Yeah, see, that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out your experience at this point yeah. when you go off to college and and if you even play field or, or you know both box and yeah. field because I mean now you're stepping into a little bit of a different world over there in the states too, right? It's big. Well, like, well it was interesting state. because I didn't realize, Jake. I'm not kidding. You, I didn't realize that most of the American kids played both hands. Okay. Both right-handed and left-handed, and I, I was a right-hander, so I I didn't uh, I didn't do much on the left side. But um, through the the time, I continued to work with uh, putting the stick in my left hand at least as a decoy in order to go to the right. I think I scored a hundred goals at Maryland, hundred plus goals. And I think four of them were left-handed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was, uh, it certainly was, uh, an interesting experience just to be able to learn both of them. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was, we, we would, my, my brother and I would stand in front of a mirror and just try to emulate what you're doing with the right hand, try to do it with the left <laughs> hand. Of course, yeah. both my brothers were left-handers. So they were doing it the opposite way, but you 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 had to you had to be able to put it in your stick because the defensive people in the field game would just overcommit to your strong side mm-hmm. and force you to go. For me, they'd force me to go left all the time. Exactly, it's part so, of the strategy in the whole you know chess game, system, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So. Knowing each other's teams and yeah. they know you're just going to stay on the right hand side. Then exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So just trying to you know kind of see where you're coming from as a again as a young kid going over to the states, going to Maryland. Uh, lacrosse world is probably just way different over there. So yeah. I'm sure at first it was a little bit you know. You know, one of the one of the best times, of course, was was the travel. Um, we played in the ACC. Maryland was in the ACC at that time, so we we traveled to Virginia, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke. Um, we would uh, go down to Florida for spring break for for training season. Um, we would travel up to uh, the, the the East Coast, uh, playing Cornell and Rutgers, and 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 each and every time that we went to a different school campus uh it it was just an amazing thing because as a canadian kid you had heard about university of duke yeah exactly but to be there and to actually um walk around the campus i remember going to penn state and we were just getting off the bus and out of the athletic department comes franco harris and he had just he was just started to play his pro career 
And so he come out of the training room sweating and everything, and we were all like, Franco Harris, eh? And, and uh, it was fun because he ended up uh, grabbing a lacrosse stick and throwing the ball around with us a little bit, you know. Yeah. So it was uh, North Carolina. My, my brother Terry was at North Carolina. And so we went down to see him, of course, who was playing basketball at that time, but James Worthy, Michael Jordan. Uh, we go into um, Carmichael Hall at the time, and who's playing a pickup game, but there's Michael Jordan playing a pickup game. It was, you know, eye-opening oh, and, and yeah. awe, you know. So, so even now to look back on it. Oh, it still was, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's still just as big as it would have been 30 years ago or whatever. He's still the man, I think. That's what I was saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, some people, you know, kind of fade away, but not MJ, right? Like, yeah, that's right. MJ is the man. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, though, man. Like, just little stories and things you remember from yeah. being able to travel the world. And I was thinking you went overseas, too, to do some, yeah. like, yeah. world tournaments yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Team uh, Canada. Yeah, that was all, again, <clears throat> just great, great experiences. And, you, you know, we can... And to do it through the game, right? Do it through the... Sport you love. And, and it was so f- much fun in meeting, like, especially with Team Canada. So I we we started off with an East Coast team and then a West Coast team. And then we merged together and became Team Canada. So guys that I knew about from the West Coast but really didn't know too much. And then guys from the East Coast both, yeah, uh, you know, that you played against but you didn't really know so to be able to get to know these people and and now years later with facebook and social media you're able to communicate with these people still which is amazing to me yeah no it really is that's the so let's talk about maryland too like playing there i know you guys you guys were good you guys made it to the semis at least the championships yeah we we we, uh we out of my four years uh we lost in the semis twice and we lost in the finals once. Unfortunately, all three times were to Johns Hopkins. And I have some very good friends that went to Johns Hopkins at that time. And um, they were Canadian boys from Toronto. And uh, uh, I'll never forget, we were playing Team Canada. We played an exhibition game against uh, Johns Hopkins. And in Baltimore, and uh, it was a great game. We ended up beating them 12 to 8. And uh, Henry Ciccaroni was the all uh, master coach at Hopkins at the time. Uh, comes into the dressing room after and says, Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, great game out there, great sportsmanship. We really appreciate you coming to visit us. But at this time, I have um, uh, a little. Uh, uh, award I'd like to give out. Since he never beat us while he was at Maryland, I'd like to present this Johns Hopkins toque to Ron Martinello for this victory today. We had the first time beating Johns Hopkins, eh? and it was like, oh, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty yeah, funny, eh? Fun oh, things oh yeah. Too, right? yeah. That's cool, man. Well, again, a, a, good, a good career there, and then so after your time with with Maryland, you kind of start to come home, and then eventually end up in Detroit with the Turbos, right? right. So right. how does that kind of work? I like graduate or whatever, and then it's like well, yeah, I graduated, and and uh, in 1981, um, uh, I had dreams, I guess, of staying over there. But you know, in 1981, a lot was uh, 
buy American, pro-American. Uh, the economy wasn't that great. So uh, we came back uh, to Windsor, which uh, I certainly was happy to do. Um, played a little bit of lacrosse here and there. But then the boys from Detroit, um, they had a field lacrosse team over there. And they contacted me and said, you got any guys? We're kind of hurting for numbers. So myself and my two brothers and and Jim Woods and Bob and Kenny Bizzano, uh, we, we decided to go over and play with these guys. And it was just a great, great uh, time. Um, we would travel to Chicago, St. Louis, uh, Cleveland. You know, it was the Midwest uh, Lacrosse Association at the time. And we had a lot of fun. And then Bill Barroza, who was an All-American goaltender from Roanoke, he moved into the Detroit area. And he was great friends with the owners of the uh, MILL at the time, which was a major indoor lacrosse league. And they talked about starting up a franchise in Detroit. So I think I was like 31 at the time and wasn't in the greatest shape but um, originally I was going to coach and then they contact you know we had a meeting and and uh, they said you know Ron we're kind of lacking on some of the talent we we really need you to play (laughs) because we think your dad would be the perfect mix as being our coach so after going to the gym for about three months and knowing that I, I could actually lose some weight and get myself into shape, I decided to uh, play. Um, Dad became the coach. Brother Wayne was the general manager, and Brother Terry played uh, with us also. And, you know, we ended up uh, that first year um, as, a, as a new team. Uh, we ended up losing in the semifinals. Um the next year we weren't so good and then the third year um, we got the Gates brothers uh, who are still in my mind uh, the two best uh, sibling lacrosse players I've ever seen in my life they both went to Syracuse from British Columbia both of them were three and four time All-Americans and um, they came into Detroit and uh, we end up winning the uh, uh, the national championships. So yeah. It was a great, great feather in our cap. Then my bones started getting a little yeah. too weary, so it was time to give it up. That's anyway. what we ended it, eh? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand, they were kind of a, like Detroit was kind of a sleeper team, too. Like, new team, no one probably thought much of them. And, you know, these kids from across the border are running all yeah. the you know? Yeah, we, um, again, that was exactly it because. The league was based on having a bunch of field lacrosse players playing indoor lacrosse. So what we brought to the Detroit Turbos was indoor lacrosse players mixed with field lacrosse players to play a brand of indoor lacrosse that the rest of the league hadn't seen yet. And um, we modeled ourselves off of... uh, the old Oshawa Greengales and, and Jim Bishop, and that was uh, a fast break uh, type of offense that uh, ran, 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 and ran. And um, 
you know, we were pretty successful yeah. with it. Because yeah. we caught a lot of people by surprise, yeah. like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seems like at the time, and uh, uh, Hamlin was playing with you guys. Kevin Hamlin, so yeah, the of, Hammer Man. A lot of local ties. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing, because I had him on, and I didn't even know that until after. And someone sent me a photo of you guys, and I was yeah. like, fuck, I, yeah. I could have I brought that up. So. Well, Kevin Hamlin actually grew up two doors down from us on Korea. Oh, yeah. So... That's how him and him and my brother Terry were were great friends growing up. Played hockey together and then lacrosse together. Yeah. Of course, Kevin's hockey career, of course, yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's the things I like to talk about is the names. The names come up, and and for you to play with your brother, uh, be coached by your dad, and win a championship and end it off that way it had to have been really yeah, special for you. It was fun. It was easy to hang it up after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, end on top, right? <laughs> yeah. And from there, you you to this day still kept yourself in the game for I understand until you know the pandemic kind of put a damper on things yeah. but uh, since retiring just still been involved in the games here and there uh, coaching uh, from what I understand yeah I, I've um, I've enjoyed coaching um, you know I, I worked with the uh, AKO and the Clippers for about 10 years and then I took a few years off and then I got a call f- I my stepson ended up going to school in West Virginia, and his coach knew me. He went to Delaware while I was at Maryland, so we started talking a little bit, and I, I started helping him out a little bit. Um, my coaching career for the NCAA as a head coach is 1-0. and oh. uh, I, I only did one. Undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, as it, when I, I came back, he... He, he graduated, Mark Greeny, who, um, who runs a, a league over in Michigan, he came back to uh, uh, Detroit from West Virginia and started up this program, and, and they wanted to get involved in indoor lacrosse. So he contacted me and said, you know, would you be interested in coming and helping out? So I went over and witnessed a little bit, and they needed a lot of help. And um, so I ended up doing that. I, I'm still involved with them. I just haven't been able to go across for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but it's all been fun. It's it's great to see uh, kids improve. And when you start with a program, that's the best thing about it. So you start with a kid that's seven years old, and then all of a sudden he becomes 14 years old, and you can see the progress and know that you may have influenced him a little bit yeah. and, and that is uh, is really a, a great feather in my cap I think yeah that's what it's all about right I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of why you get into it not to make more success for yourself right no. it's, it's to help others and so if this uh, if this border closure wasn't going on you'd still be going over there once in a while or? yeah yeah so I um, uh, I I stopped about uh, well two years ago I guess yeah. and um with the reopening, there's a possibility that I could end up uh, getting back over there shortly. But um, business is business, yeah. and uh, you know sometimes the time just isn't available anymore. Yeah. So now keeping busy with Windsor Pizza, obviously. Uh, pizza King. Pizza. I keep. Why do I keep doing that? <laughs> One pizza of Windsor's King. best pizzas. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I know we used to come here all the time when I went to grade school over here. This would be a good spot to come for slices and dough bones. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So this is pretty much it nowadays. This is uh, this is the nine to five, or yeah, pretty much. You know, I um, you know we're open three hundred and sixty three days a year, so you know it's uh, you got to put the time in, and um, 
I've got a great, uh, great staff, so I'm kind of fortunate, yeah. you know, that way. Yeah, well, obviously you're a Windsor guy. Windsor Pizza as a huge staple in the in the in the city, you know, that style of pizza. Yeah. And uh, Pizza King, obviously, one of the OGs. So it's cool to to talk that side of things, and you know, your your lacrosse career and all that stuff. So. It's really cool to finally document this stuff, the Detroit Turtle stuff on the Wind City Sports Podcast. So thanks so much for taking the time to do it, man. Great, great to see you, my friend. All the best, and say hi to your pop for me, okay? Huge thanks to Ron Martinello, uh, owner of Pizza King on Pellet, lacrosse legend, even hockey legend, a local Windsor sports legend for sure. Again, of the local or legendary uh, Martinello family. Again, thanks so much to Ron for taking the time to do that, man. Uh, um pleasure to meet him a little story a little uh, a little while ago of course um was recommended to have him on the show turns out he knows my dad of course my dad knows everybody and um a couple weeks maybe months ago <clears throat> on lunch i'm like where do i where do i go i want to get something to eat real quick something little i don't know uh maybe a slice of pizza i'm literally driving around to places like where has slices where's good pizza and i end up at pizza king and uh um there he is so i'm like hey what's your name ron goes, yeah 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 so <laughs> uh, you know we had talked a little bit about doing the show before so it's able to to pinpoint him at, at pizza king and uh, let me come back and and do the interview there so thanks again to ron for uh, for taking the time to do that uh there's probably so much more we could have talked about just yeah, about the the stuff that we did talk about and just going further in depth and, and more stories and and there's probably things that I missed too that uh, you know will come back to kick me. But maybe we'll have have Ron and, and Terry and God knows who else from the family back uh, to talk about those days. Um, and I'm sure I'll get a message from someone saying, "Oh, you should ask them about this, or you should have brought up this story, or something." But hey, I don't I don't know. <laughs> so that's why I like to hear from from the horse's mouth. What I always say: sometimes I can I can do some research and learn about all these all these things on my own. Or I can talk to them here on the Win City Sports podcast and, and document it and, and learn for myself and, and teach others as well, you know, teach uh, teach you guys. Um, again, something that I like to do and, and have been trying to do on the show for the past like year or so is really just documenting history. Um, you know, now we have at least the the basics, the, the background story about how the Detroit Turbos came to be ran by a bunch of Windsor, one's a Windsor guys, a Windsor family, you know, so... I always like to have um, that in the archive forever. It'll always be, it's a new episode this week, but it'll always be out. It'll always be available and Ron's voice will always be there online to, to tell the story. And I will, I'll never, you know, take down all these episodes. Even one day when the show ends, if it ever ends, uh, I'll always keep all of my episodes up to, to document all the history about all the things that we've talked about. So Again, thank you so much to Ron for taking the time to do that and talk about those good old lacrosse days. Um, don't do a ton of lacrosse episodes, but obviously we have before. I've had guys from the Clippers and you know uh, NLL on the show, like uh, Brett Hickey playing for the Philadelphia Wings and the Toronto Rocks. Uh, Josh Juvenville had him on uh, twice actually, and um, he's back playing. Then you know the season's kicking off soon. Um, I wanted to do this one and, and kind of wait a little bit and have it released maybe in about a month from now when the, the NLL regular season will be kicking off, but uh, it was perfect time to release it now. So, uh, yeah, perfect. So, uh, we don't have a lot, any, uh, lacrosse news to talk about. Obviously the Clippers 
didn't even play this year. They played like one exhibition game just to get, you know, their feet wet. And they're still doing lots of stuff I see there, uh, supporting a lot of charities and running events to support the community and, you know, get their players involved and that kind of stuff. So they're still around, and it looks like uh, this coming uh, summer we'll have some Junior B lacrosse action back. And as mentioned at the top of the show, the St. Clair Fratman football team are playing right now. They're taking on the GTA Grizzlies. And the last update I have at the time that I'm speaking, by the time this released, I'm sure you'll be able to look up the results and see a St. Clair Fratman win yet again. I believe they're going to go 7-0 this week as they're taking on again the GTA Grizzlies. It's halftime as I speak here on Sunday, and it's 49 to nothing for the St. Clair Fratman. Um... Last week, or the week before that, uh, I was contacted by CBC to kind of comment on a situation on their show about the Fratman. And, um, hey, I'm no expert, and I don't know everything about sports, yet alone football, but I told you so. Told you they are going to be okay. They had a a recent, uh, one of their players had a little run-in with the law, and obviously scratch from the team. Um, They've been dominating, and they're going to continue to dominate, as you see. Um you know, obviously it's, it's, it must've been a little bit of a struggle for the team to kind of get over that mentally, but physically they're still there and they're still the best team in, in Ontario, you know? So, uh, undefeated right now, seven and oh, St. Clair Fratman. I think they have one or two more games left and I bet you they're going to go undefeated if not, you know, close to it this year. Um, so yeah, again, as I speak, they're, they're winning 49 and nothing at overtime or at a uh, halftime against the GTA Grizzlies. And looks like one more game next Saturday. Uh, they'll be taking on the Hamilton Hurricanes again, who the last time they matched up, uh, they defeated them 47-7. to uh, So it looks like uh, I'm going to make a, a bold prediction and say an undefeated St. Clair Fratman for their first year with St. Clair as well. In other football news, the Lancers football team wrapped up their regular season uh, with another loss, unfortunately. Finishing with an overall record of 2-4, and four. both of their uh, wins were at home, actually, and their last game was, uh, when was it? It was Saturday, <laughs> October 30th, as they lost uh, in quite decisive fashion to Western Mustangs, who are a very, very good football club. This weekend, also seen a friendly matchup in the uh, Windsor volleyball teams between um, the Lancers and St. Clair College. Uh, that was on Saturday. Uh, yesterday, men's soccer took on Western Mustangs uh, and hockey. Men's or women's hockey was at York Lions uh, for exhibition play. This week, women's basketball and men's basketball kicking off the regular season with games against the Guelph Griffins. Men's hockey will be at Waterloo. The Waterloo Warriors on Thursday. And that's about it for this week for Lancer Sports, at least. And in case you missed it, this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast is brought to you by Amherstburg Chevrolet Buick GMC, located on Sandwich Street South in Amherstburg, now offering the Fall into Savings event at 0% financing for up to 84 months. The offer also includes the new 2020 Chevrolet Camaro. Be sure to check them out at AmherstburgGMC.com or give them a call at 519-736-6451 for all information on special offers and deals. Tell them the Wind City Sports Podcast sent you. And in case you missed it, Windsor's Michael Mulder has been assigned by the Orlando Magic to a contract to play in the minors as well uh, on the main squad. 
Windsor's Mulder became a free agent after playing with Steph Curry in the Golden State Warriors last year and the season before that, I believe, as well, and prior to that playing for the Miami Heat. So our Windsor right in the NBA on the move. And that pretty much gets us caught up for the last week of local Windsor sports news, Uh, at least some of the fun stuff. There's always more to talk about and be seen, so be sure to follow us on Twitter, at least, or all social media, at WinCity underscore sports. Hope everyone had a good Halloween and a good week, because that is it this week on the WinCity Sports Podcast. My name is Drake Damore, and I'm here every Monday with a new episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are found. Weekly featuring interviews with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and more. Be sure to check us out on social media, again, at WinCity underscore sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So give us a like or follow on whatever you might use. Always keeping you caught up with local sports news and posting some cool stuff from our show. And as well, our WinCity Sports YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe there. I need to get the subscribers and views up, posting previews from our podcast interviews, uh, lots of, you know, random stuff as well. So be sure to give us a subscribe. And you can also follow me, Drake Damore, on Twitter and Instagram, at Drake Damore. But until next time, smell you later.